This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Attention homeowners, due to upcoming government regulations, the current energy efficiency ratings for HVAC systems will change. Current inventory cannot be sold after December 31st. As the year 2023 starts, customers can expect to pay an average of 30% more for a new HVAC unit that will meet the new government regulations. So what does this mean for you, the customer? There's no better time to purchase a new HVAC system. AAA Heating and Air must empty their warehouse to make room for the new systems. No deals will be turned down. With their 15-year parts and labor warranty plus guaranteed financing, they have made it possible for anyone to get a new system. Call today and enjoy your new home comfort as quickly as tomorrow. But you can only get this special deal by calling 803-677-1500. AAA Heating and Air wants to give you their best deal possible on a new HVAC unit, but you have to call today. 803-677-1500. And tell them you heard about this deal on 107.5 The Game's Gamecock Central Podcast. AAA Air when you need us. AAA Heating and Air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler. This has been in the works for a while. We're really excited to officially have the Gamecock Central Hour. Chris Clark. And J.J. has accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl already, which is awesome, uh, the Reese's Senior Bowl. And Wes Mitchell. Um, I think he's well above 200 in the, like, the 210 range. Uh, a dude in the weight room, too, like from a strength standpoint. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Game. A minute after 11 o'clock on a Thursday morning, and welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Pearson Fowler, Hall of Famer Preston Thorne, Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell talking to Tommy Moody about the Braves win last night. We'll get him in here probably before the show, but no guarantees. Oh, there he is. He's. I wasn't going to blame him if he just wanted to talk about the uh, Braves playoff win for the entire time. <laughs> he. He doesn't like when I talk about him, which is which is fine. Um, we do have a lot to talk about today. Besides the Braves win, we will give Wes an opportunity to, to talk about it if he wants to. Uh, but we have a fun exercise today. Talking about the best and worst and most surprising, most interesting, maybe most surprising that they didn't work hires in the SEC in the 21st century. We'll also take a bigger picture look at Carolina's offense. Uh, done some statistical deep diving earlier this morning. We'll get Wes and Chris's thoughts on some of those things in just a minute. But first, want to give you guys a chance to win some money. It's time for your chance to win $100 and qualify for the $25,000 grand prize in our $25,000 signing bonus contest. Just text the following national keyword to 95819. Your national keyword to text is... Bonus. B-O-N-U-S. Bonus. B-O-N-U-S. Bonus. Text that national keyword to 95819. Standard text messaging rates may apply. Please don't text and drive. The $25,000 signing bonus contest on 107.5 The Game. So, Wes, is the strategy that you just don't wear Brave stuff anymore because they win when you don't wear Brave stuff? Yes. I did wear something Braves on Wednesday. I, no, Tuesday, and they lost. So Something to that. Baseball guy. Who's the yeah. most superstitious of the four of us? I have no... Um, I'm anti-stitious. Anti-stitious. <laughs> I like that. It's a great word. <laughs> you're you're hypo-stitious. <laughs> yeah, I have none. Yeah, no, not no really stitious. superstitious. Really? No. Preston? Uh, no, I'm... I'm pretty not superstitious. Here's here's what I believe in from a baseball standpoint. I believe in 
not for me personally, but just players. You know, a lot of players have superstition. Superstition isn't a real thing, but routine is. Like, I, I believe in athletes, especially pitchers who have, like, a very specific thing that puts them in their comfort zone going into a performance. That I believe in. But the whole, you know, I wear this hat when we won game six of the No, I don't. I don't believe in okay. that. Okay, things are going bad. You got to switch chairs. I feel like Wes might be splitting hairs a little bit because how far does routine turn into I have obsessive compulsive yeah. disorder? It's, it's just my routine to wear the shirt and sit in this thing <laughs> but, and eat but this no, thing. I'm, I'm talking about the person I, actually performing. I not... must drink half of this drink and put it in this <laughs> spot. And... But you, you didn't have a routine when you were playing? You didn't have like a... This is what I do. Yeah, you definitely fall it. You definitely fall into it. It was definitely the same amount. I mean, we had the same pregame meal. We would eat the same thing every week. So it'd be like two chicken breasts, baked potato, a little bit of spaghetti. That'd be like, I mean, it was essentially the. Once you got over the idea that you could eat all this food all the time and how good the food was, Hmm. then you sort of settled into this is the routine. Hmm. Do you have a song that was like your pregame song or not really, or do you remember? (laughs) Uh, no, I didn't have any particular. I didn't have any particular song. I do I do want to shout out to Nashaw Goddard who would listen to Alicia Keys <laughs> on his way to the game and I was like That's really good. What, what do you mean? How did y'all listen? Was that tape deck or what was that? <laughs> exactly. Dispatch. Wow. You gotta get your dispatch. Big boom box your, on the shoulder. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but he was like, Yeah, I listen to Alicia Keys. I was like, That got you hyped up? He's like, Nah, I just love her angelic voice. So I was like, To play offense a lot? Right. I'm being serious though, like how how did I, I know it wasn't a tape that was a a joke, but uh, we're all like the same age uh-huh. anyway, so it's a joke to myself, <laughs> but, right? But like now, all the players are just wearing Beats or AirPods or whatever. Like, how did you have to? What was the setup, man? The so music? that's that is a whole nother category because <laughs> the idea of hierarchy in, in in the locker room of who gets to choose the music, mm. I don't know if that's really a thing because everybody has their own personal personal beats and stuff now. Um, but yeah, you just you obviously. You're limited by technology because there's no wireless headphones. So in order to go out on the field and warm up with a disc, man, that might skip. I think maybe right at the end of the year, maybe we were skimming <laughs> into MP3 players, Zoom or mm. early oh, iPods yeah. or something like yeah. that. So it's fascinating to watch how that has evolved. And now everybody has their headphones on and, mm-hmm. you know, you can sort of get into your own little zone. But I feel like I have a mental image of somebody wearing like wired headphones with the thing just like tucked into the side of your pants and you don't have your shoulder pads on i mean I of course like you're gonna you're gonna find a way but yeah it's yeah. just so much easier now so here's what i want to know because this i mean this was i mean obviously the thing like in your car you got the little things that either go on you on the flap of your what's that thing called the visor mm-hmm. loaded with cds or you got it in your center console mm-hmm. and then you got your little travel pouch with the cds that you always have to have on the road with you <laughs> how many cds would you slash could you fit in your bag did you just leave some in your locker that you knew you wanted for game day Oh, this is easy. You definitely have to have a travel set of right. CDs that you take with you. Probably maybe 10 to 20 CDs deep, mm-hmm. front and back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and those are the ones that are interchangeable because you can't get left out there without having at least a worthy amount of music to listen to. Mm-hmm. You need to have more than enough. You can't be like, you can't you can't be cutting it that close where you're like running out of music like five minutes before the game starts. <laughs> right. You got to have at least 15 to 20 CDs. Yeah. Did you have the same 15 to 20? How often did you change it? No, you would interchange some, depending on whether it's a travel, you know, it's a late game or whatever the case is, you know, you change them up. Yeah. But there's probably a couple of staples that you have to have in there. It's kind of sad. These are much less interesting questions for the players now. 
It's like, what, what do you take with you? Spotify. Every, <laughs> what do you listen to? Every, every song every, ever known to man have it is all available right to here. you. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's like, it, but it's paralysis by analysis. Like, it's, it's no wonder that people have so much anxiety about making decisions in 2022. Because... Can't make them. Yeah. Well, you can't make them because you were never forced to make them. And then when you have to make them, it's like you spend an hour scrolling on Netflix before you watch something. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Sad state of affairs. Um, all right. Before we lament too much of the down, I'm, I'm, I'm like not even 30 years old. And I'm like, oh, back <laughs> in my day. <laughs> right. Um, all right, guys. Uh, this, this first question is probably going to be very simple. There was something approaching consensus when The Athletic had a roundtable discussion about who the best hire was in the 21st century in the Southeastern Conference. Being clear, 21st century means 2000 on? Yes. Okay. In the last 22 years of SEC football, what is the best head coaching hire? Is this a trick question? It's not a trick question. We're just going to go through it. It's, it's, it's got to be Saban, right? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's Saban. That's consensus. Um, what's, who's the next closest? Mm, mm. I mean, I would jump out on limb. I think it's Steve Spurrier. Make your case. <laughs> what this program, the, the heights that this program went to and has, hasn't has seen since, uh, I think it's harder. Yes, Auburn won a national championship, but it was also Gene Chizik. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's not the same type of guy. And I don't know if there's any other head coaches who've had as big an impact on the on the program at a time and also on the future expectations of what the program because, I mean, we're, that's basically, we're just living that shadow now. Yeah, 10 years later almost. Yeah. Hmm. Is there a, anybody else have a, is, well, there, is there another answer? I'm trying to think because, um, well, you, you got to think about national titles, obviously. Yep. yep. And, um, but then you're kind of thinking about, all right, how did it end? How consistent was it? I mean, Urban Meyer won two at Florida. It crashed and burned at the end, but, I mean, it, hell of a run. it shined bright. When it was at its highest, so yeah. that's got to be in the convo. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, let's see. So some of the other nominations but, from folks at the Athletic, it was all Saban. There was one Spurrier in here. There were also a couple of. In the interest of not picking Saban, I'm going to pick Kirby Smart. Too too early. Too early. Um, uh, uh, he's already played for two national championships, and he's only been there for what? 2016 was his first year. So six years? Hold on. Let, uh, it, it's been longer than it feels like for some reason. Um, what's the what's our heading here again? The best hire. The best hire, yeah. Best hire. I mean, it's hard to argue with the results. I'll put it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they, it was, it was kind of dirty how they did it, but it was also kind of gutsy in that, they had a guy who you pretty much you knew you were going to win with Mark Rick, right? And they just said we're not happy with that. And yeah. and depending on um, how deep down the rabbit hole you go, and depending on um, I I believe all these things to be true. That a big catalyst for this was that South Carolina was about to hire Kirby Smart, mm-hmm. and so you kind of knew. If he takes this SEC East job, then he's not going to leave one SEC school for another. Right. So Georgia says, we're going, we're, we're making this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It was kind of gutsy. I, I just, I, I can't, I'm sitting there saying I can't yet put Kirby Smart near Nick Saban, but then also, if if you really think about it, none of the none of these guys probably hold up right. to where Nick Saban is. So so the conversation for number two maybe is several guys. Well, and you can even make it again because this is best hire. I think you can, and like I said, everyone everyone here in this sort of roundtable discussion seems to agree that it has to be Saban. Um, but like for example, uh, and I have last names here, Taylor. Uh, says Saban's status is the greatest hire in college football history. Also qualifies as the best SEC hire. As for who's number two, says uh, take Steve Spurrier. That was one of the. There are actually two Spurriers. Uh, Miller says there's no answer that isn't Saban the best hire in the sport, of course. But to keep things fresh, what about Spurrier? The program had never finished inside the top ten. Hadn't won ten games for more than twenty years. Pulled it off in three consecutive seasons. But Rex Road says this. Says hear me out on smart. Says Saban is absolutely goaded. But he was also an obvious subject of pursuit. A national championship coach before we ever got to Tuscaloosa. Um, it was an obvious hire. Does that mean that it's not as good of a hire because everybody would have made it? Well, you got it done, I think, is like, okay. yeah, you're Alabama, but you you made it happen. So mm-hmm. I, I think you do get some credit. Just because it was an obvious hire doesn't mean that it was a guaranteed hire in that you were going to be able to actually go make him say yes, uh, it, I feel like. And it was tough because, I mean, Mal Moore, who passed away, I think, in 12 or 13, he wanted Saban. A lot of the boosters at Bama told him that that guy is not leaving Miami. And Nick Saban's very close with Wayne Huizinga, who owned the Dolphins. And, you know, Rich Rodriguez was offered that job and accepted the job and then backed out. And then Mal Moore made his next run. He he showed up in Miami, s- stayed in a hotel, didn't even have a meeting scheduled, and was calling Miss Terry hmm. trying to get a meeting. And finally, <laughs> smart move. finally got in the house, and they finally convinced him to come. So, wow. like Wes said, it was not easy. That's crazy. I know we're podcasted to death, but I would. <laughs> Absolutely spend 10 hours listening to a podcast on the, the behind-the-scenes yes. hirings of any of these coaches because that just that story is fascinating, and I'm mm. sure every story goes down something along those lines. So yeah. The Athletic had a really good story on it recently, actually. Um, and uh, fun, another funny part of that, Rich Rodriguez, the, the person who first reported that he had accepted the Bama job, um, was Ian Rappaport because he was hmm. not a national NFL uh, reporter at the time. Interesting. So um, I have – so my order, by the way, uh, I've got Saban, obviously. I would still go Urban right now. Okay. Um, Kirby is right up there. Now, Kirby is also an obvious hire, right? Right. He's a guy that's pegged to be a head coach forever. He yeah, went so to Georgia. Like, was, like, was Lincoln Riley a great hire at Oklahoma? It's like, I don't know, maybe I could have had Oklahoma win, winning 10 games with that team, you know? Maybe. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, any way you slice it, I mean, Kirby's a, a great hire. Um, so he he's in there. Let me give you an under, it's not number one, mm-hmm. and I agree with Spurrier being in the conversation. Gary Pinkle at Missouri, mm. hired in 2000. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, they were very close to being in the national title hunt at at least one point. And then his last, let's see, I mean, he won... He won 10 games at least five times in his last eight years, won 12 games twice, 
Yeah, won two SEC East crowns. Yep. He won three Big 12 North titles, I think. Yep, that's right. SEC Coach of the Year in 2014. So he's not number one. one. He's probably yeah. not two or three, but he's in the conversation. Yeah, that's a good one, and not a name that I think most people would think of. By the way, uh, it, speaking of the athletic, they had another great piece on the 2000 year 2000 coaching carousel hmm. that everybody should check out. Okay. If y'all remember some of the names, I didn't even remember. I don't. I was seven. Pete Carroll, mm-hmm. Jim Trestle, Les Miles to Oklahoma State, Mark Rick to Georgia, Gary Patterson to TCU, Pinkle to Missouri, Jim Grobe to Wake Forest, Urban Meyer to Bowling Green, Rich Rodriguez to West Virginia, Greg Schiano to Rutgers. I mean, it goes on and on. Huh. It, it is a fascinating piece. Frank Beamer almost leaving Virginia Tech for UNC backed out at the last minute. That's awesome. There, there, is that, there is that were a, a new ton. piece? Yeah. It, oh, okay. I think it just came out today, actually. Cool. Okay. I love it. Yeah. yeah I need to this is really that, fascinating. That stuff is so interesting. So uh, after I did, I did the 1984 podcast a couple of years ago, and, and I I mean, the idea was to have a lot of podcasts under like that umbrella and do more of those long-form stories. The, the one that I was working on after that that got shut down by COVID, and I guess I'll probably never finish, was trying to get the full story on the Bobby Crimmins coming to South Carolina mm-hmm. thing, which has been reported on. I was like, I feel like there's more meat on the bone here. I'm with you. Like, those kinds of stories are so, so interesting. So I don't know if I've ever finished that one, but hopefully somebody does, and hopefully someone does one on Saban to Bama. I didn't realize it was that. Mm-hmm. Think, think about the rewriting of history if Rich Rod is the Bama coach mm-hmm. instead. I mean, good grief. If If that happens, then none of us would be none – of, none of us would uh, – like Preston wouldn't even – think anything of the fact that he was undefeated against Alabama in his South Carolina career. It's just like, oh, yeah, they're just a normal team. <laughs> and that's probably why that saving hire is so great because it's hard to imagine what what Alabama was, where he pulled them from, yeah. the doldrums. Um, but that's what I always talk about history. That's why I love history because we're under the illusion that it's a foregone conclusion that these things just happen. And when you read these stories, it's like, no – there are a lot of different ways mm-hmm. how any of these things could have turned out. And uh, <laughs> it's always fascinating. Yeah. It, it kind of makes me, like, we, we put these people on pedestals a lot of times. and exactly. uh, 100%. And we act like they're not uh, at their very core just normal human beings. Like, he, I mean, Saban and his wife may have literally been sitting there just like you or I make a decision about a job or, you know, moving or something going – like he could have been fifty one forty nine. Yeah. On, ah, is this the right thing? Is this the right move? And then that one, how he felt on that given day, he he may the next day he may have been second guessing it, but mm-hmm. I already made the decision. Like you, you never like these are still at their. I mean, these are still human beings who are yeah. just making their own decisions when he for got themselves. That call, like, he's just sitting there watching Jeopardy, eating a baked potato, <laughs> oatmeal pie. He was eating the oatmeal pie. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, all right, crazy. so that was, I thought, always going to be the easier one and, and maybe the less fun of the two exercises that we're going to indulge in here. The next one, and uh, y'all be thinking about this, 803-404-6100, hit us up with any suggestions. Uh, the worst, this is going to be fun, the worst coaching hire in the SEC of the 21st century next. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 
1125 Thursday morning. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, West, Chris here with you having some fun with an exercise that The Athletic put out today on their website, a roundtable, or what do they call it, a, uh, uh, the SEC football coaching carousel, the best, worst, and most uh, surprising hires in the SEC of the 21st century. So the last 22 years, we went through the best, seems like pretty close consensus, Nick Saban, but nods to Gary Pinkle and Steve Spurrier, Kirby Smart, among some of the others mentioned for best hire. Um, I thought that was going to be the shorter discussion, the less fun. We got some good uh, we got some good thoughts out of it. Appreciate Chris bringing up uh, Pinkle, especially Urban Meyer. I think Spurrier's the answer, though, the more we talked about it. For, for second, obviously. Yeah, well, and again, even when you're talking about hire, like Alabama, as much as they were down, it's still Alabama. They're always going to be up. Nick Saban was an easy pick. You can make a case, I guess, that Spurrier was an easy pick for South Carolina as well. Being able to get him was great. But going to Alabama, going to Georgia, and making them good is not as impressive as going to South Carolina and making them good, in my opinion. So, Yeah, just getting it done is what you get credit for. I mean, Mike McGee had a, had a way of going out and convincing coaches to come here. Yeah. So um, I think you can make a case. But what I really wanted to talk about, though, was the worst hire. Now, there's a lot. What? It's fun, right? Would you? There are there are a lot more options there for worst hire than, than, than best hire, probably. I have an answer that I hope none of you pick. Ooh, um, yeah. As soon as I teased that going into the last break, we immediately got a couple of texts, all with the exact same name. So I wonder if the gut reaction for all of us is going to be the same thing. So we're going to do one, two, three, and we're all going to say the first name that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wes is freaking out. Y'all didn't have something jump to mind immediately? I had like a few different names, and then I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, what about this guy? And then okay, like, we'll, we'll, you ju- we'll just pick one because I'm curious if uh, well, this is this is an experiment. I'm wondering how deep the group thing goes because all the texters seem to agree. It was also the first name that came to my head, and I'm wondering if it's the first name that came to your head. So ready? Three, two, one. Chad Jim McElwain. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> Jim McElwain is a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Who did, 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 who, yeah, who did everybody say? I said Derek Dooley. Ooh. I said Ooh. Chad Morris. Oh, that's is that what the group said? That's what the group okay, said. Okay, that's that's a good one. That gummit. That's Do y'all remember how about what Jeremy Chad Morris Pruitt? record was at Arkansas? He won like two <laughs> games. In two seasons, he was four and eighteen and oh and fourteen in conference play. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's amazing. All right, it, it conversation really over. Yeah, it really is hard to beat. Derek Dooley was he was there three seasons. Hold on one second. <laughs> Hold on one second. It was four and nineteen. We can't end the conversation there. I know the numbers bear out, but let's say it was a bad it it didn't work higher. Was it a bad hire? Okay. Okay. Derek Dooley <laughs> with his pants, he's the pants dude, right? He's the orange pants man. He's orange that's, pants. That's him. That's my vote. Okay. All right, that's true. In the same way that a that a good hire doesn't necessarily just mean that you were successful. There's more that goes into it. Maybe a bad wait, hire wait, doesn't wait, just wait. mean you failed. Tennessee might have the who was the champion of life? What was his what was that guy? <laughs> Butch Jones. Butch, Butch Jones. Jones. Yeah, that's yeah true. he was the you know, we're the champions in life and what I also thought about Lane Kiffin. Uh one year and you get the team yeah. on probation. <laughs> yeah. I mean I still think up. I still think there's a case for Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, Pruitt. Wow. Because he he did have what did he went one I'm noticing a one trend day. here yeah all Tennessee <laughs> yeah. well and and here's the right. best part is my answer that I was hoping none of you were going to steal was also Tennessee and his name has already come up once today it's 
got to be Greg Schiano, right? No, Coach for twenty four hours. Well, he was, but he wasn't officially. Hired. He was he hired. hired. I mean, he, he was hired. They signed and a, there was rioting in Knoxville, <laughs> and then they a unhired him. Of understanding, they didn't even fire him. They unhired him. That is the worst hire because it was only in place for twenty four hours. A D hire. Uh, so maybe maybe Tennessee's pain is a little bit deeper than our pain. I didn't realize it till just now. I mean, we're not in, we're not comparing. Our, we're not saying who's cuts the deepest, but <laughs> I don't. They had to endure orange pants, man. And the champions of life. And leadership reps. They, it, <laughs> yeah. Five-star heart was another one oh, on signing day. Um, what is what's? Oh, hold on. You, you, sorry, you go. I'm going to see what he's doing now. Ooh, um, he, but Butch Jones at least won some games. Okay. Right? I mean, he did win some games. By the way, um, talking about guys who never – I don't count Shiano as a, as a hire. I don't. Mike Price at Bama did not coach a game. Yep. So that's pretty bad. He had some issues. Yeah, he, he had a few issues. That was there. the Godfather's suggestion in the text line. What year was that? Like Do you know, Chris? Like early two thousands. It was. Or something like it that? was early enough where we were getting into cell phone records where he was making some some questionable calls or tracking his. He was in a weird did place. A few questionable weird things. Looks like it was two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Because he was at Washington State in 2002, and the Wikipedia has nothing. And then 2004, UTEP. Mm-hmm. So I guess that was it. I mean, Dooley, let me let me say this. I, I don't know if he, you know, I, I think you can make a case for Derek Dooley as the worst hire, right? But what I do think is he was almost certainly the most nonsensical hire. Mm. Like, he was from Louisiana Tech. He was 17 and 20, 12 and 12 in their conference. He had just finished a four and eight season. He had two losing seasons out of three. Wow. And they brought him there. And it's like, yikes. Like, what, are, what, are you, are you, what are you, the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, essentially. And, and you okay. know, they got, not only didn't have a winning season when he was there, but they got worse every year that he was there. They went from, here's their conference record. Three and five, one and seven, and zero oh and seven. Yeesh. <laughs> so that's a good one. And then he, do you remember? And Dooley. Now he did have some gems in press conferences because he had that that voice that makes me sound like I'm from the Midwest or something, <laughs> like the Southern draw. You remember a uh, shower discipline? No. Players, like he was talking about teaching his players how to properly like soap and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Wow, is that not an NCAA violation? That was a mess now. Derek Dooley, the, the, um, I think I'm talking myself into it. That was a pretty bad one. That's really good. I uh, I didn't realize the timing worked, but um, Mike Shula actually, I don't know, I'm trying to find the exact numbers, but that was not a great hire for Alabama, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Which is even more so the reason why Saban, I yeah. keep going out, how great Saban's hire was. Uh, Austin says Ron Zook. Zookster. Ooh. That's the Zooks, Zooks, a good one. Zooks, yeah, but they I were feel okay. like that's, that's not good. That's not like Chad Morris, Derek Dooley bad, though, I don't think. And see, Chad, the Chad Morris hire did, it was not like Derek Dooley where it made no sense. You know? Like, even in, like, can you imagine if Tennessee had hired, tried to hire Derek Dooley in the Twitter era? Like, it would never have happened. True. Well, so here's the thing that was weird about. But Arkansas hired Chad Morris in the. Twitter error. They did. But yeah. but like it that's, made sense. Yeah, and that's, that's why I was saying I, I think it's it didn't work 
and maybe his reputation was a little overinflated, even for what they did at SMU. And I, I don't think the Clemson fans were sad to see him go. So I don't know. I guess it was it, it was it was, it was weird because you. I mean things things weren't going the way they expected with Brett Bielema, but you built a program one way. And then you went completely the other direction. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, you went completely the other direction. Back. But I think that's kind of common in hiring, though. Like you, or certainly among fan bases. Yeah. Like if you were heavy, heavy, a uh, defensive-oriented program, people will be like, I'm so tired of watching this offense. I want to go get an offensive guy. Mm-hmm. And then they watch the offense get better and the defense be awful. And the next hire, they're like, I'm so tired of watching this defense miss tackles. I want a defense. So it kind of goes back and forth. But and really, Galaxy brand it and hire a special it's like, guy. Yeah, there you go. But it's it's counterproductive, really, because, I mean, Chad Morris, if you think about it, Chad Morris with Brett Bielema's players probably had no chance Yeah, I mean, is whatsoever. there is there one single player on Brett Bielema's roster of 100-plus players that fit what Chad Morris wanted to do? Offensively, probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, defensively, I don't know. But offensively, I mean, you're talking – Pretty much every single position, you probably were recruiting for a different skill set. Yeah. Probably uh, the opposite skill set. By yes. the way, Brett Bielema qualifies in the Haas division of coaches. <laughs> Absolute, like, big man. Yeah. Unit. Yes. A yes. Unit. I love when Brett Bielema, he would, he would, went through this phase where he's tweeting, tweeting out cooking advice. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like omelets and stuff. It was hilarious. I would oh. take his, he's, I saw him in person. I was like, okay, all right. Okay. That's what we're doing. Uh, bonus trivia points. Is Butch Jones coaching right now? Yes. Um, okay. Well, that's part of it. Bonus, Arkansas bonus, State. Bonus trivia. Oh, yeah. my. Wow. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? You know what? Man. You, you shouldn't know that. No one needs to keep up with Butch Jones anymore. <laughs> I know, no, 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 no. You're getting docked yep. for that. The only reason I knew that is because of Corey Rucker. Oh, right. Okay. All right. Gamecock connection. There's a tie in there. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll let you know what the folks at The Athletic said. Y'all keep the suggestions coming. Again, a lot of good options here. 803-404-6100. I'm sticking with Greg Schiano. You can pick from any of like 15 other Tennessee coaches because it's just been a disastrous century for them uh, until they got Jeff Heupel, who also was like, that, that didn't look like it was going to be a home run. That might uh, The next category is most surprising. I think that's firmly in that category now. We'll see how it ends, of course, or at least continues. But uh, y'all keep it coming. 803-404-6100. At Pearson Fowler. At Coach P. Tweets. At West Mitchell GC. And at GC Chris Clark. More of the Extra Point coming up next on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Eleven forty-one Thursday morning. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris here with you talking best hires, worst hires, most surprising hires, again, this is an athletic piece. Uh, they talk about the hires that they're most surprised didn't work out. We probably won't get that far down the rabbit hole today because I really do want to turn our attention to the recent crop of hirees in the SEC, talk about some of the guys that may land in one of these categories. Um, but before we get back into that, Wes, 
wants to tell everybody how, if they need to move, because moving is a reality in life. Sometimes you can't avoid it, but it doesn't have to be a terrible experience. I'm going to tell you about one of the best hires I ever made, and that was when I got Gamecock moving to help me move from uh, actually two houses, uh, my fiance's and my own house, into one. Uh, I mean, I got to tell you, it was a very stressful process at the beginning. Uh, we brought Gamecock moving on as a sponsor, and I uh, started talking to those guys about what my options were, and uh, they made this process incredibly simple. Uh, Gamecockmoving.com. Again, they can do the same for you. 803-814-3569. You can call them or text them. Residential and commercial moving services, licensed, bonded, and insured. Uh, In the case of our move, they literally packed everything up for us, put it on a truck from two different houses, took it to the new house, unpacked it, set it down exactly where we wanted, and then in some cases actually helped put the furniture back together. So it was a complete uh, step-by-step from step A all the way to the end process, uh, and they made it incredibly smooth. If you tell them that you heard about them right here on the GC Takeover Hour 107.5, you'll actually get a discount. Uh, So do that, 803-814-3569. Again, GamecockMoving.com. Shout-out to those guys, and uh, you know, shout-out for helping make it easy. Any other worst coaches that you guys thought of during the break? Worst coaching hires? No. I mean, I would nominate Gene Chizzy, but we just yeah. got to take away that natty that he got. Yeah. It's it's hard to say he, worse he, for anyone than won a national he's championship. He's exonerated. Even, even if it happened in spite of him. Now, Seth Emerson said, uh, the one I want to say here is Gene Chizik, uh, but the year with Newton the national championship did happen. See? Yeah. You, you can't. He gets... He has a pass for life. Um, in that yeah. same vein, I was surprised several people mentioned, although didn't necessarily, I don't think, it doesn't look like specifically picked Ed Orgeron. Of course, the way that ended was not what people would have wanted, but that's one of the best football teams that has ever been fielded. I think it's. I think you have to. They picked him for worst? Like yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, you can't do I that. can't get there, man. Like he, yeah. It, it didn't end well, but it was a great relationship for a moment there. So you can't look back on that as being all bad. I I do kind of like, you mentioned Lane Kiffin. I kind of like how Lane is a dark horse for both um, worst hire and best hire. He's not going to win either category. Worst at Tennessee, best at Ole Miss. Yeah, I kind of like the symmetry there. Yeah, I think so. Um, Well, let's segue in here because um, one of the nominees in this category for the folks of the Athletic this is a little bit of a prisoner of the moment situation here, but it might be Brian Harson. Most surprising? For worst. Oh, worst. He did almost get fired after one season, which is hard to do. Not He's, as not as hard at Auburn, which is the weirdest place on earth. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. It really is. Um Is is that on your radar for a worst? Uh it is Almost surely the worst fit. Mm-hmm. Worst hire. I don't know if I could get there. Don't know if I could get there. Hmm. Worst fit. Yes. On board. Okay. Well, let's segue that and then to uh, most surprising. We can go one way or the other. Just most surprising. It can, it can be the hire itself. It can be surprising that it worked or most surprising that it didn't work. I have a few that I feel like will... I haven't really decided on mine. I have a few that I feel like will come up or could come up fairly. Okay. One would be Harson because mm-hmm. it was such a weird fit. Derek Dooley was surprising, probably. I don't like remember that at the time because it was a long time ago. 
two others actually at South Carolina. I feel like some people are going to say the fact that South Carolina hired Will Muschamp was surprising. Hmm. Um, it was not to those of us that followed it because we knew it was going in that direction, but like outsiders would go, oh, why'd they do that? Um, and then probably Steve Spurrier was surprising that he came here. Yeah. I think those are there's just a few to throw out That might out be there. one to put in the category of most surprising that it worked, too. Not because it's Steve Spurrier, but because Steve Spurrier, you know, just what he thought was coming on a little retirement tour somewhere where he could play golf turned turned into the best stretch of Carolina football in history. And surprise, here's another little side element to it that maybe you add more surprise. Alabama called Steve Spurrier during the Nick Saban search, and he turned him down. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think it was a surprise that it worked. Like I, I yeah. if I remember correctly, I feel like there was such and maybe maybe this little local bias here, I don't know, but there was such of a respect and awe for what Spurrier had done at Florida. Mm-hmm. Like I remember the sense here on campus and I was a sophomore at the time was just like we we've arrived. Mm-hmm. Like Steve Spurrier is the best coach in SEC history. Was basically the fill here and it was it was it was really a surprise that it didn't work at faster i feel like like i remember going through those like 07 08 teams being like is this really not going to work like what like i i feel like cuz he came in instantly and um beats florida it hadn't happened since i think the 30s at the time um literally it was mostly his fault too yeah, beats Florida, beats Tennessee, um, tight game with Clemson, then beats Clemson the next year, and you were just thinking, you know, this thing is about to roll, and mm-hmm. it, it never, uh, not never, but at the time, it you it kind of went back the other way, and you were saying, is this going to happen? And then the three eleven win seasons go. But uh, to answer your question, Brian Kelly, yes, I was going to say that's the that's that's hiding in plain the side. biggest surprise mm-hmm. in that. Uh, wait, you're leaving Notre Dame and. We don't really see coaches until this past sort of cycle leaving Power Five jobs where they're happy and winning for another Power Five. Well, not job. just Power Five jobs. Wasn't that like the only time that a Notre Dame head coach had left to take another college football coaching job in like seventy years or basically right. ever? Can't confirm that, but that sounds right. I remember. I remember some stat like that around the time, but that that to me is the one hiding in plain sight. There's another one again. We we all have the kind of the recency bias prisoner of their moment, but there are so many coaches that have recently been hired in the SEC that I think fit into a lot of these categories. So we'll give you one more uh, at least in terms of most surprising hire. We'll get your thoughts too, 803-404-6100. Love Chevy phone line and get us in the text line or all of us on Twitter at Pearson Fowler, at Coach P Tweets, GC Chris Clark, and uh, West Mitchell GC. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. All right, a couple minutes left here on a Thursday morning. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris here with you. Keep listening to 107.5 The Game, and we'll give you chances throughout the course of the week and weeks here to win a pair of tickets to go see Sticks at the Township coming up this spring. Just keep listening to 107.5 The Game. More opportunities for you throughout the course of the afternoon uh, right here on 107.5 The Game. So uh, a couple of honorable mentions, uh, somebody that just came up as we were talking during the break in a different discussion. Um, But for both best and most surprising in terms of how successful it was, I feel like we got to mention James Franklin and Vanderbilt, right? 
Yeah, I, I was just telling the guys during the break that I thought that that probably should have been thrown in. It's not the best tire, right? They didn't win a championship or anything like that. But, like, even on the best tires list, mm-hmm. like, he probably should throw that in. They He was there, what, three seasons? They won nine games twice, twice at yeah. Vanderbilt. And then he parlayed that into getting the Penn State job. So, right. obviously, that was a, a I, good I think hire. that might be top. Like, the top five might be, like, Nick Saban, Kirby, Spurrier, James Franklin. Urban. Mike. Urban. That might be the top. Like, yeah. Yeah. How, how many how many years after James Franklin left did it take for Vanderbilt to win nine games total? Like how many combined <laughs> seasons of wins? Was it three? Four? I'll effort that. Yeah, that that was an impressive hire. And I uh by the way, shout out to Andrew Brown on Twitter. Um, Andrew, we're not stealing your take. Um, we literally all kind of arrived on that at the same time, but he had just tweeted us during the break as well oh, nice. and said, James Franklin for one of the best SEC hires, mm-hmm. and that's I'm surprised it took us this long to get there. Because, yeah, me too. Uh, those Vandy teams, I mean, they won nine games. But they also, I mean, they gave they gave South Carolina some battles too. Uh, so they were close to winning even more games. I feel like, which is, and they recruited well mm-hmm. there. I, I guess compared to what they normally do. No, yeah. um, I mean, it's. I'm surprised that I forgot it because I literally wrote down three names and just didn't refer to my notes. I wrote down Saban, Spurrier, and Franklin. Um, and Shiano and Chad Morris for worst. Uh, then, then they brought in the most overrated coach after that. This is a, did y'all know that this is a strong anti Derek Mason show? Mm, that's I did not. I, I, I will stake my claim on that hill. Yeah, overrated. <laughs> Might yeah, be right. I think. Uh, I, 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 I think history's. I think I'm right. Pretty favorable. Mm-hmm. Um, most surprising. Um, got a text here from Patrick. So Sam Pittman has to be one of the most surprising. Someone that wasn't a coordinator, an offensive line coach, to go grab an SEC West job like that. I was. I mean, I think everyone was pretty shocked when that happened, right? I mean, yeah, but you know, I, to make the quick musical comparison, it's sort of like he was a studio mus- musician. Everybody in the industry knew he was really good. Mm. It just took somebody having the courage to hire him. Right. So, kudos to Arkansas for making that hire. That might have been more so yeah. of how far in the, the toilet they were. <laughs> After, but it's so hard to break that cycle, you it know? It is. And that's why I say kudos to them for actually having the courage to do it. Yeah. Chris, you didn't look like you were that surprised. I mean, maybe a little bit that somebody had the courage to do it. like it, But it made sense, you mm-hmm. know, because he's a veteran guy. He was a guy that wasn't a coordinator. But he had, he had been to Arkansas. He was beloved there when he was there. I think he was there, like, three seasons, 2013 or so, 2015. Um, so, I mean, it, the hire made sense. A little bit of surprise, yeah, but I wouldn't – he's not the most surprising okay. to me. But in the conversation? Yeah. Is that fair? Put it in this In terms of the recent hires, I mean, we've, well, Kirby's not recent anymore, but Sam Pittman and most surprising. Wes, you mentioned Lane Kiffin may end up in the discussion for best in a couple of years. I think Josh Heupel – is probably going to end up in in the category of most surprising strongly in terms of how much Jeff Heupel, sorry. Uh, thank you. Are we being nose blind to Shane Beamer? Well, I just don't know. I just don't know yet. I said it's surprising. I, I think it's one of those things um, you can get caught into the local versus national and like losing the perception of what it probably was from the outside. I would say local, not surprising one bit. Outside of this footprint, may be surprising in that um you know if you if you haven't been a coordinator or a head coach um naturally 
people that aren't like following your program closely are going to kind of yep. be a little surprised. I, I guess like. that is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, maybe nose blind because it's the same argument that I just made for Sam Pittman, but Shane Beamer's younger and, you know, not as experienced in the SEC as Pittman. So, yeah, a, a lot of the recent hires with a good chance to fall into one if not multiple of these categories. So uh, I really didn't uh, plan to go the whole hour with that, but it was a lot of fun. Appreciate you all weighing in. Um, we'll get back into some more South Carolina thoughts. Again, headed into the open week, we'll start to take a 30,000-look view at some of the analytics and where the team stacks up compared to the rest of the SEC halfway through the season. But that is all we have time for today. Appreciate you all listening and be a part of the show as always. And the Halftime Show is coming up next. Ross Matthews talks to celebrities, friends, and people with interesting stories to tell. Who's saying, hello, Ross, this week, Chelsea Handler. I'm not home enough to have a third dog. My housekeeper basically is their parent. I'm not going to get another dog so that she has to take care of another dog until one of these dogs exits. It's a good move. I have three rescue dogs and only two hands. And when you're one person, that's too hard to do. I recommend two max, okay? Use your foot, Ross. Hello, Ross. Available on YouTube or wherever you listen.